Welcome to a brand new episode of The Talk, a podcast about changing the world by Nordea Private Banking. Normally, I go out on a road trip around the Nordic countries, Norway, Denmark, Finland. But today I'm staying right here in Stockholm to interview one of Sweden's most interesting and exciting entrepreneurs, Konrad Bergström is the founder of Sound Industries, a company that grew faster than any other company in Sweden at the time. He recently left Sound Industries to found his new venture called Xshore, which is an electric boat company. I talked to Conrad about his past, but we also spent a lot of time talking about his latest project. So let's get right into the interview and get to know the amazing serial entrepreneur Conrad Bergstrom. As an interviewer, as I guess I am today, I'm not actually a journalist, I'm uh, something else, but I, I'm playing the role today of interviewer. You don't want to do the same interview that everybody else has done. No. But still, we I think in Sweden, we've seen quite a bit of, of your, uh, your work and your history and all that, but it, this is also for the other Nordic countries. So they haven't seen that much about you. So maybe we should just do a quick... Conrad in three minutes or less. What's your backstory? Actually, when I start to look at my own backstory, it's pretty impressive. But at the times, it was just working hard. And everything I've gone into, I give it all. It's like pedal to the metal. And, and I don't think so much. I kind of throw myself out and jump and hope that I don't break too many bones when I land. And I, I, lately, I, I kind of break less bones for every time I jump. But I started off as a very young entrepreneur. My grandma was a fisherman from a fisherman family, so I took that up and, and sold fish in the in the campings uh, around our harbor. And then after that, I became uh, windsurfing, and my father had a windsurfing shop, which I joined and helped um, to build, and that became like Sweden's biggest mail-order shop. And then we got into distribution by bu- buying up the distributor. And I moved to New Zealand when I was 16, starting to sell surf. I went there to become a professional, or I was a professional windsurfer, but I wanted to become the world's best. That didn't happen, so I had to use my sales experience to pay my loans. I started to sell surfboards. With the surfboards, I saw that the roof racks was really expensive in New Zealand, but you couldn't import them because the duties were very high. So I imported one roof rack with each board and told them it was a complete package and told the customers that you couldn't windsurf uh, without going around where the wind and waves were. And they bought that. And the year after, they took away the regulations and I got uh, Thule, uh, the distribution for New Zealand and after also Australia. Sold that back to them after four years. Um, I went home, started uh, different lifestyle brands uh, like Quicksilver and so on, which was bigger business than the Borge. Sold that company, actually made a hotel that was for windsurfers. That was terrible. <laughs> where where, I, where I, was this? In uh, Erland. I th- I th- a T12 uh, hotel. I thought I knew everything 
I was like 23 years old and I didn't know anything. Continued with the lifestyle and, and built that up and became uh, like uh, Gothenburg's uh, uh, Rook of the Year when driving companies. Also in Dagens Industri and other Sportfuck, which was the business magazine for the sports retail. I was voted as the most wanted products. So I won over like Nike, Adidas and uh, another Swedish big company called Fjällräven. That is still big, but was big at that time. And uh, was on the first page of uh, Dagens Industri as this cult god of of lifestyle sports. And uh, one year later, I was bankrupt and lived in a car uh, with my dog. And then I worked for another company for four years, helped them grow their business with uh, many, many times. And uh, I started Sound in 2008. We came out with the products in 2009. So it's basically 10 years ago. And by now we sold 20 million products, uh, yearly turnover over 2 billion and and, uh, Sweden's quickest growing company in history uh, that has been profitable. So over the first three years, we went from 3 million to 325. That was a growth of 10,932%. Um, so I still have that record. And uh, now um, with the money I invested in making boats, uh, 100% electric boats, and they are amazing. That concept is the best idea I ever had so far. And since this is kind of a short format, I didn't want you to spend too much time talking about your no. very interesting past because I want to talk about these boats and the future and, and the future of the world and the planet and, you know, transport. So uh, maybe we should just dig into that. Uh, just one question about sound, though. You told me before that you launched 22 countries in 24 hours. Yes. So... My philosophy is, is basically that, you know, there is something called the uh, internet. So there is no countries anymore. It's more about uh, getting a trend going and that will go over the different borders. And with the European Union, there is no problems with shipping the whole of Europe, for example. So we, we uh, when we opened up sound we didn't go in start in one country we started in 22 in 24 hours and then after three years we were in over 100 and now we're in around 130 and your new project now is to become the elon musk of the seas well i mean of course he's done a great job and 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 i'm really happy for for him we are a different company and have our ideas and i think that I mean, the thing in common is that we're going global and we're going for electric and we're, we're thinking of the, the environment so that we have in common. But Exure has a great potential and in its own way and it's built in a, in a different side that I think is will challenge him in some ways. Yeah, or complete. Maybe he'll buy one. Maybe he'll buy me. <laughs> <laughs> so why are you creating Exure boats? Boats has been, uh, or actually the sea has been a long, long uh, passion for me. I grew up with the sea and I, I always been 
very close to the sea. My my grandma is uh, from a, a fisherman's family, and my grandpa is from a seaman's family, and uh, the connection was very close from the beginning. I saw the boats, and I thought that you know boats is very far behind of cars, for example, but that technology is not that uh, far ahead. So I just wanted to bring in a new concept into boats. And uh, I tried in 1996 by doing more secure boats uh, with the, like safety belts and so on, but no one wanted it. So I kind of put that back into the ID drawer. And uh, now with the technology shift of electrifying and uh, the challenges that we have with the climate, uh, it's a perfect time to to launch a 100% electric boat. And now the technology is here. We have our own technology because uh, of basically three things. But it makes more sense to have an electric uh, boat than an electric car. Um, first, they are both great for, for the environment and sustainability. But if you look at user experience, it makes more sense to make a boat. And this is why the boat is an open area. So... When you're driving a boat, you are always getting the fumes inside one way or another. If you get that in the car, it's not divorce. It's it's actually like a lawsuit in five year, years because you kill the kids. But in the boat, everybody sits quiet and they're like, oh, I'm in the world's best place enjoying the sea. But there is some fumes and it's okay. But it's not. Uh, the second one is the noise pollution. And it's not only the noise pollution that is going up in to our ears it's also the noise pollution going down which uh, scares animals and makes them uh, not uh, plant and, and grow as uh, uh, as beings um, and the third one is that the density of the water is 784 times the air so it takes much more energy to to make something move in the water um, and the fourth thing is that um when you are uh, driving a car and getting up over like 50 kilometers, you're getting this pretty stressful noise from the four wheels in the in the asphalt. But with the boat, you're just having the water breaking against the hull, and that is more or less like something you would pay an app uh, to have for for your mental. Uh, uh, beings so, yeah people people do pay, and now pay they, for that. yes they do pay for it but now they could just buy a boat what is the biggest challenge of building an electric boat as compared to say a car well there's been many challenges first we thought it was very easy we just put some batteries inside and an engine and it will work but it didn't. Uh, then when we got that to work in 2016, we had our first prototype. I was so happy. But as soon as we came over like 1500 RPMs, everything started to sound like a fossil engine. Because with a fossil engine that is so loud and, and uh, kind of screaming, you couldn't hear the bearings and the, that the propeller was not adjusted and, and uh, the gearbox because the uh, loud from burning the fuel was louder. So then we had to start w- work with that. And then with the extra boats, we have a elevator pitch that all boats should go f- 40 knots, 25 knots for a couple of hours, 
at least and 100 nautical miles distance. We couldn't reach that because the water has the density of 784. We had to start to work with the an old company called Rolls-Royce to work out the hydrodynamics. So we found a way that is 50% less drag and 30% quicker. Uh, so now we found a solution where we have boats doing our ele- elevator pitch. Yeah, because Rolls-Royce, uh, they do make the amazing cars, of course, but they're also very big in aviation. Yes, and in ships. So they know their hydrodynamics. They usually do big ships, but um, it's not such a big difference when it comes to hydrodynamic. If it's big or small, it's kind of the same. So we could use their knowledge and technologies to to make our uh, boat work in the way we want it. So the boat you have out now, the Elex 6500 and the 8000. Yes. Is that correct? Those two boats... Uh, how are they performing now? Are you happy with the performance? Well, we are still working with the performance every day. We got it uh, close to the area that we want, but we are already starting to work on the 2020 uh, boats and there will be a huge improvement of these ones. That's cool. Yeah, but <laughs> you, you can, you yeah. know, we're opening our test centers first of uh, July on uh, Strandbryggan. Mm-hmm. So if you are in Stockholm or in Monaco, we have two different test centers where you can try the boat and see for yourself. That's cool. Because that's, I think, what you need to do. That was the same thing with electric cars, that you didn't really believe that that would be a nice experience until you tried it. No. And I know you're very into trying out like the experience for yourself. The, yeah. the, I know, you know, everybody knows Tesla, but... Audi and Mercedes both launched each each launched an electric car recently, an electric SUV, and you bought not one of them but both of them. Yes, uh, because I do believe that that is the easiest easiest way to, if you experience them, you learn. And uh, I always find my own ways. So sometimes it's about reading, but sometimes it's actually about trying. And and uh, I am in a pretty good position when it comes to economics so I, I, I was able to buy them both and, and now I'm going to challenge them to see and also uh, steal as much as I can for the extra development Right, yeah, so you can come back for a different episode and have the full review of which one to buy It's going to be the boat that is the best <laughs> Regardless <laughs> Yeah <laughs> So you just you had you just came back now from this world tour. I see you're very tanned. You came back from this world tour where you you went to Monaco and you went to Palma to to show the boats to the media and all that. Yes. Tell me a little bit about that uh, experience. Uh, wow, it's um, I only been working on this project for like uh, one and a half year, and uh, already we we got such a grip on the whole world so last year we started off with a small tour just to see if are we on the right um, idea and design and product and and it was very well received so this year we pushed it a little bit more and I've been around and seeing 50 medias from 20 different countries so uh, we're getting reviews and uh, articles all over the world in the biggest uh, pub- publications. And that is really, really exciting uh, to see. Um, but the timing is perfect for such product. 
the design is fantastic. And design has been an important part, obviously, of the project, right? We, I mean, I love design and I'm a sucker for good products. So I really had to pay a lot of attention, both from a aesthetic view, but even more on a functional view and even more on a detail uh, view. So everything actually makes a purpose. Boats usually are built on what you find. We turn it uh, around and, and made a boat from what we need. Right. Yeah, I think you definitely see that in the design, that it's not like you put a bunch of gold ornaments and stuff, you know? It's more, it's uh, it's designed based on, on function, which yeah. is a Nordic, I think it's a Nordic kind of way to design. Is that true? Yeah. Um, At least historically? Uh, definitely uh, Nordics has been good with design, but it, the hard thing has been to keep it minimalistic, keep it safe, uh, Invite the freedom of the water, so it's kind of an open stern, but a very high uh, bow, uh, and that is for the safety of the waves. and And then you invite it in the in the back, kind of the the freedom and the nature. We also just do it in three colors: uh, sand, coffee, and our green, the extra green, and um, that is to become one with nature and not to work against nature. So, for example, when we were photo shooting this autumn in, in Stockholm, this big moose came up just 10 meters from us and checking us out and like, hey, what's going on? <laughs> what, are you a moose? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. He didn't understand because it was all quiet. Yeah. But if we would have a, had a bright yellow boat, I'm sure he wouldn't have come or definitely not if, if we were having like a big uh, fossil engine on it. Yeah. yeah. So, but if, if people... I'm a I'm an ex branding guy. We're ex branding. I am a branding guy, I guess. And I always tell people to uh, find the one thing that they want to tell people because people can only remember one thing. Yeah. What's your one thing? Well, we talked about this, Walter. I know. I'm asking uh, for it, the it, audience. It, it, <laughs> it, it, it used to be um, uh, experience the power of silence because the boat is very very powerful, but at the same time all silent. Uh, but now we're selling silence. And I think um, uh, the water is healing, at least for me and uh, many other people uh, with me. And if we can build a product that you're going out and, and, and you're coming back as a different person, we have really helped both the environment but also the humanity to, to become a better person. Yeah, and I think you're by introducing silence, you're changing the entire category. I'm changing myself from being Mr. Loud with Marshall to <laughs> Mr. Silence right. with Exture. Uh, no, but there is too much noise and too much uh, loudness out there. So Exture has grown since I started it uh, to to become a very, very important issue for humanity, I think. This is a I, obviously a crazy project to start a brand new boat brand, first of all, and then do it with, uh, you know, Electric, like electricity, which introduces a bunch of new uh, issues and challenges. What is the first thing when you start a project like that? What is the first things you need to do? How do you do it? How do you start a project like that? So when you're starting with a new business, I, I usually look at um, uh, the name, which sounds crazy, but um, if you can't find a good name uh, that needs to be 
dot com because then the company will feel very old and, and credible. Um, that is where I start. Uh, of course, you you check in like what kind of margins is in this business. Uh, can you do this globally? I don't do local business. I only do global things. Um, I am in the hardware business. So that is also something that it needs to be. I, I tried different other things, but it tends to be going back into a real product that is made and shipped to somewhere. Um, and then I always look at the, the political climate um, and uh, checking to see that it's the right timing because you have a lot of ideas that you know that this is going to come but you don't know when. But my trick has been to see uh, the technology shift. So with the sound I saw that, okay, now everything is going digital and everything is going to go uh, be consumed, like media music is going to be consumed through your uh, smartphone. Uh, then I understood the headphones is going to be the next big thing and I basically put on the microphone on the headphone and you have, our headphones were the best experience. Uh, it's the same now with the boats that I see this electrification uh, electric revolution in the world and uh, it makes more sense to have a boat uh, electrified because of the experience on the water because there is nothing like it when it's all quiet and, and uh, also cheap to, to drive um, so there is different things that you look at uh, but definitely timing is is a big thing that you you can surf the wave of a technology shift and uh, so you don't have to walk up the hill you kind of run down the hill and just giving something that people need but they didn't understand that from the beginning so that's how you kind of get going and then you struggle because it's going to be a huge struggle obviously to do some to pull something like this off right there is uh, challenges every day, but I think that is the life of an entrepreneur, yeah. um, that you have challenges and you try to solve them for as long term as possible. But sometimes you know that you have to take the wrong decision to reach the right decision. Yeah. So um, it's not when, when people say, why didn't you do it this way? Well, I thought of that, but due to this and this and this we couldn't so but you do that and then every once in a while you come up with these like magical moments when just something works or something you know just takes off in some sense what what have been some magical moments of xshore it's been so many but and it's also hard and 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 this is something that i have to work with myself on because i never stop and relax as soon as like the team comes and share. Yeah, we got it uh, planning, or now we we're doing this, uh, and and we had the Prince Albert in, in the boat for an hour, and uh, CNBC are crazy about the boat. They they just interviewed us for an hour. That is all good, but in my head, I'm already where I sold thousands of boats, and, and I'm I'm kind of thinking of what is going to be the next thing. Like, what are we doing after boats? How do we use uh, this whole uh, uh, wave that we are 
starting to br- produce around the brand? Could we do accessories? Do we do uh, bikes? Do we do cars? Do we do uh, uh, something else? So I'm uh, I'm always on to the next thing in 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 my brain, and I I, I should sometimes probably sit down and and drink champagne a little longer uh, celebrate to celebrate but yeah. we had a lot of like amazing moments of everything from the front cover of a spanish biggest newspaper to prince albert in our in our boat or nicky rosberg in our boat uh, uh, winning uh, awards being nominated for the web awards for the best website uh, ha- having half a million unique visitors uh, in like four months uh, on our website to uh, being nominated for the uh, German Design Prize, Deutsche Design Prize, getting the King's Award or the medal from the King for for the boat project. So working with the UN to save the oceans. It's, It's many, many big moments for sure. But now we just need to sell these thousands of boats and then I'd be really happy. <laughs> <laughs> I guess if you were British, you would be Sir Conrad by now. That's uh, As we don't have that in Sweden, I, I, my investment company is called K-Fon-K. So I had to make it myself. <laughs> and I have quonk.com. Of course. <laughs> That's the rule. So you, you are on to something. You always have to sure. have the .com. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> fiveletters.com yeah so what what is uh, which is actually a really funny site where I stand with my king's medal I I did everything (laughs) and uh, you should check it out it's actually really fun okay for me and all the listeners quonk.com yeah k from k k from k with a v uh, dot com cool quonk what's next right sure uh so right now we're a small boutique manufacturer and we do the boats one by one uh but our vision and and uh, long term goal is to become the people's boat so we need to ramp up uh, the production and make uh, uh a production very very like the cars are made uh, so we can get the price down today the pr- product is around 300,000 but our goal within five years is to be under a hundred thousand euros. Euros. Yeah. So yeah. So you're gonna cut it in three. Yes. Not but if you look yeah. at Tesla, you know they started off at like the roadster was hundred third, hundred forty thousand dollars, and now it's uh, thirty forty thousand. Yeah. So we we know this by statistics and our uh, research with our uh, manufacturing uh, people and uh, suppliers that we can achieve this goal. So uh, as we have based everything on CAD uh, and and know every detail is in the computer, so to say, uh, we, can, we can make it like cars. And then my philosophy is like, if a Range Rover is costing 70,000 euros and the Riva is costing 250, they are very close in, in, uh, to be the same weight so the the car is much more complex. So if we can scale the business and sell a product that is less complex for a hundred thousand, we still have a high margin business and gonna make a lot of bis- 
business as well as money. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. That uh, if you look at a car, it's much more complex and should be, uh, you know, equally expensive because and they can be cheaper because they have the scale. Yeah. But the boat business is very local. So you have thousands of brands and so on. And the only reason why we can go out and, and sell this globally is because of the technology shift. Otherwise, we would have been able to uh, have to take like Sweden and do it over 20 years. But now with the technology sh- shift, we can go out directly. And then you need to make a big investment in the beginning. But as soon as you're scaling up, you're getting a very quick return of the investment. If you manage to achieve this goal, y- your boats will actually be cheaper than the old fossil fuel boats. Exactly. And then, that is the whole thing. Right. And so much more beautiful, so much more functional. And the experience, experience the power of silence is what... Uh, gonna fill all the lakes well conrad uh, it's been a pleasure having you <laughs> thank you walter and looking forward to taking a trip in that boat you're welcome let's do a pod on it yeah sure <laughs> thank you for listening if you like this episode i think you will love the ones we have in the pipeline for you we have some truly amazing guests coming up so hit the subscribe button in your podcast player to make sure you don't miss any of them. Also, we would love if you could help us rate this podcast on iTunes to help us spread the word. That makes a huge difference. I'm Walter Nesland, and I look forward to seeing you soon in the next episode of The Talk, a podcast about changing the world by Nordea Private Banking.